Thirty years ago, Edward Johnson had been an outstanding young intelligence officer working for the Department of Homeland Security when he'd caught the attention of billionaire Bruce Matherson, chief executive officer of Ducks Corporation. For about a year, Bruce had repeatedly tried to recruit Ed before Ed decided to see what a company like Ducks Corporation, known for its various military contracts and weapons development technology, was all about. He'd had no idea what was in store for him, or how important a man the late great Bruce Matherson really had been. Plenty of billionaires believed they were visionaries of the future, but it just so happened that Bruce Matherson actually was and had been tasked with the preservation of the human race. Early on, Bruce had taken Ed into his confidence. He'd been shown the first contact videos that were withheld from Project Stargate during the 1980s. Later, in the year 2015, the New Horizons spacecraft had flown by Pluto and taken the first ever high-resolution photographs of the dwarf planet's surface, showing what they now knew as a Boxan outpost and confirming what scientists had long suspected— they weren't alone in the galaxy. Proof that intelligent life did exist in the galaxy had been kept from the general public. The fact that these intelligent life forms knew of human existence and were watching had also been withheld, and Ed couldn't imagine what it must have been like for Bruce. Ed had joined Ducks Corp a few years after the New Horizons discovery, and it was another ten years before Bruce brought Ed into the inner circle, which was responsible for funding scientific research across the globe. Bruce had always suspected that the Russian equivalent of Project Stargate had received the same mysterious Boxan message through a psychic link that hadn't been fully understood, but there was no way they could have known about the Boxan outpost on Pluto until recently. The current world stage was vastly different from what it had been in the 1980s with China's rise as a global superpower. Somehow, it had become Ed's job to get all these nations to work together as humanity stepped to the brink of taking an evolutionary leap into the wider cosmos. Truth be told, Ed would have preferred at least another hundred years to develop the technology they needed to go out into the galaxy and face the challenges they were about to face. Ed sat in the war room at the North American Aerospace Defense Command, or as it was better known, NORAD, and glanced around the large oval conference table where a hollow display was beaming the solar system ten feet above its surface. Various military officials and directors from the different intelligence agencies sat, engaging in small talk as they waited. Lining the walls were banks of blank hollow screens that would remain so until the meeting began. A firm hand touched Ed's shoulder, and he looked up at Iris Barrett. On digital paper, she was his assistant who handled his schedule, which she did quite effectively, but truthfully, she was his protector. Iris had state-of-the-art neural implants and reinforced muscle tissue made possible with nanite technology, and her blood had been engineered for quick healing beyond even the capabilities of the military. Five minutes, sir, Iris said. She wore a black business suit, and her short black hair was pulled back into a tight bun. Ed nodded. Bruce Matherson's original plan had been for the discovery of the Boxan outpost on Pluto to be rediscovered in another ten years, but Zack Quick had put an end to all of that after he'd released the original New Horizons images to the general public. Zack's actions had been the catalyst that changed the destination of the Athena mission, which had originally been Titan. The mission to Titan was to have been Kalen Farrow's test run for a later mission to Pluto, but she'd ended up on an urgent mission to Pluto first, and then the Athena had disappeared into space. 
They'd finally received a mission update from the Athena, and it raised more questions and concerns than it answered. Ed had watched the video logs over a hundred times in an attempt to glean all the information available, but he had to admit that if they'd stuck to Bruce's original plan, an additional ten years might have been too late for the people of Earth. It was an interesting thought that had become more prevalent in his mind and the minds of the younger generation around him. Old world national borders had increasingly become blurred in their more advanced society. While they were far from united as a species, Ed had noticed the increasing change in perspective regarding national identity of late. However, he wasn't foolish enough to believe that the world would unite to meet this alien threat. No, those perceptions were mere seedlings of a plant that had yet to bear any fruit, and if they had another hundred years, they might be much better prepared. Besides, a hundred years from now, the problems they were currently facing would have decidedly fallen into someone else's lap, which Ed would have preferred when exhaustion seemed to be crushing him. He felt his lips curve upward in a half-smile at the thought. He knew he would do his utmost both for his late friend and for the people of Earth. Colonel John Hines called for the meeting to start. The large, dark-skinned man stood ramrod straight, and his chiseled features gave him the appearance of the Greek Titan Atlas personified. Edward Johnson stood up, and those in the military snapped a salute as four-star General William Sheridan entered the war room. Ed still had to resist the urge to raise his hand and snap a salute with the rest of them, but his military days were long gone, more than half a lifetime ago. General Sheridan swung his mighty gaze around the room and acknowledged them all with a single no-nonsense nod. Sir, the president is connecting, Colonel Hines said. They sat down, and Ed tried to recall what he knew about General Sheridan. He came from a long line of enlisted men and women. He'd made a name for himself in the fight against global terrorist organizations and had risen through the ranks during his 35-year career. If there ever was another world war, General Sheridan stood a good chance at getting that fifth star and ascending to commander of armies for the United States.